Hi, we're here from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn why sometimes you miss what's right in front of you. You'll also learn from author Dana Thomas about the environmental costs of fast fashion and what you can do to help. Let's dress up some curiosity. There's a reason why sometimes you miss something that's right in front of you. You know what I'm talking about. Maybe you use the flashlight function on your phone while looking for your phone. Or something more common to me, I'll be looking for my glasses while I'm wearing my glasses. And I have perfect vision looking for my glasses. And I'm not using that as a hint that my glasses are on. That's a thing? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, it turns out that stuff like this is actually pretty common. The phenomenon is called inattentional blindness. And it happens when you encounter something in a place you're not expecting. No matter how strange, blatant, or eye-catching it is, our brains just don't want to notice things where we don't think they belong. For example, in 2014, researchers attached dollar bills to a tree on the quad at Western Washington University. College, right? The dollars were attached to a branch that extended out over the walking path, and the spot was chosen specifically because researchers had seen lots of students have to duck to avoid that branch or push it to get it out of their way. And the students still did this after the dollars were attached but hardly anybody noticed the money. There's another way that our brains can gloss over the details of a scene too. Even if the object is in the place that we expect it to be, our brains will sometimes gloss over it if it's too large. A 2017 article in the New York Times featured a caption that read, click on the toothbrush in this messy bathroom, along with a picture of a kitchen sink. People could easily spot a small toothbrush on this bathroom counter, but most people missed a gigantic toothbrush right behind it, even though it was about four feet long. Don't be too hard on yourself when you miss something that's right in front of you, though. Our brains automatically jump to conclusions when we're given tasks like find the toothbrush. And most of the time, those conclusions are right, or at least well-informed. That makes us very good at finding and identifying things under normal conditions, even if we're not so hot when their size and location have been tweaked. So the moral of the story is you miss the glasses that are on your face and the flashlight that's on your phone because your brain is actually helping you think faster. So it's a feature, not a bug. We're going to help you save the environment. Climate change is all over the news, sure. But this week and next week, we're going to shine a spotlight on a couple other issues facing our ecosystem, along with how you can help. Together, we can have a sustainable September. And today's topic is probably not something you typically associate with saving our planet. Fashion. Yes, there are environmental and cultural costs of fast fashion. And there's a whole book about it. Best-selling author Dana Thomas recently released her newest book, Fashionopolis, The Price of Fast Fashion and the Future of Clothes. And we asked her why today's throwaway fashion culture is such a big deal. Well, the big deal is several fold. We have a few problems as consumers, like we only wear a garment seven times before we throw it away, and in China it's two times. The industry produces 100 billion garments a year, but we only buy 80 billion, and of that 80 billion, 99% we throw away, we only recycle 1%. Those are big numbers, and if you think about that, it leaves us really awash in clothes. But more than that, those clothes, the way they're made today, with the economies of scale is very unsustainable. And it's unsustainable in an environmental way, but it's also unsustainable in a way like, we just can't keep going this way. We're gonna run out of gas. We're gonna run out of space to put the clothes. We're gonna run out of ideas. You, you, you're sort of sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. It's called fast fashion and we're sprinting through them on all different levels. And 
at some point we're just going to run out of gas. So the biggest problem is we make too many and our landfills are now heaving with them because we're tossing them with such ease. Dana told us we're tossing our clothes so easily because they're so cheap, at least in terms of money. But what we save in money, we make up in environmental costs because those clothes have to travel a long way to get to where they're going sometimes. So how can we solve this problem? There's a, a bunch of different things. We want to make things that our economy needs to become circular rather than linear. And this is not my idea. This you know, was put forth in a wonderful book called Cradle to Cradle about 10 years ago, a bestseller, where we need to break free of this linear way of consuming things where, say, cotton is grown and then turned into fabric and made into a t-shirt. We wear the t-shirt and then we throw away the t-shirt. It's a linear birth use death. And we want to add rebirth into the mix, that, the, that we replace death with rebirth so that it keeps going around and around and around again. So there's some ways you can do that, whether it's mending, it's swapping, it's reselling, it could be giving it to charity, but you know, be careful about giving to charity because charity is overwhelmed and awash with our leftover clothes too. And even Africa says, no more, please. You know, there's a, a block of countries that passed a law saying we don't want to take any more secondhand clothes from the rest of the world because it's killing our indigenous business. You know, the, the local tailors and dressmakers in Africa that make our traditional clothes aren't making them anymore because everyone's wearing a Redskins t-shirt or, you know, some leftover jeans. So think about other more interesting ways to donate them. Like I suggest donating to the Home for Battered Women because when those women leave the house, they leave with just what's on their back and they take the kids with them and they, they're leaving with just what's on their back. And you know, those women could use a pretty new dress and for free, wouldn't that be great? Same with like, you know, leftover or never used makeup or anything like that that you think might be, or little travel things from planes. And House for Battered Women's a great place to donate. And then there's, you know, like my teenage daughter, she swaps clothes with her friends, which is kind of fun. And she'll come out in some shirt and I'll go, I don't know that shirt. Oh, it used to be Maya's. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> And I met somebody last week who, who said that they do that within their building here in, in New York City. And they, they put out a group emails every once a month saying, I'm getting rid of this. Anybody want it? And they swap within the building. More community. We've lost our sense of community. And with that, we, we have a lot of problems. And if we go back to thinking in, in a community-like way, like we have with the food business and farm-to-table and organic, we'll see a huge shift and this will have less of an impact on the planet and humanity. Dina also told us that while working on her book, Fashionopolis, she found that there's a growing trend around shopping secondhand, like at thrift stores like Salvation Army or Goodwill. Not only could you save a ton of money by doing that, but you might be surprised at the deals you'll find. I legit found a Hugo Boss jacket at a thrift store in Wicker Park, 20 bucks. I found the original suit and it retails for 800. Amazing. It's like perfect condition and it actually fits me and I'm really tall too. I actually find more clothes that fit me in consignment stores than in major retails because I'm 6'4 and thin, and it's really hard to find stuff that's actually in my size. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, back to what I was saying. You'll hear again from Dana Thomas tomorrow, and she'll get into how advances in science and technology could also help transform the fashion industry to be less wasteful in the future. In the meantime, you can check out her book and more in today's show notes. And now let's recap what we learned today. Today, we learned that you miss something that's right in front of you when you don't expect it to be there, thanks to inattentional blindness. And that the fashion industry produces tens of billions of wasted garments every year. But you can help the environment by not treating your clothes like they're disposable goods. 
I love all of the interviews we do, but our interview with Dana has actually changed my behavior. I used to be almost addicted to buying clothes online. And every time I see something for sale online now, I think about the stuff she said. And I think about how I'm like killing the earth when I do that and how many clothes I'm going to have to get rid of when I put clothes into my closet. And, you know, I'm I'm formulating a New Year's resolution and I'm not going to I'm not going to say it now, but I think I think I'm I think I'm on to something. Ashley, it's September. <laughs> well, that's got to plan ahead, man. I, <laughs> I guess. Join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Stay curious.